Welcome to the Bifocal Podcast with John White and Jason Himmelstein, where we talk about business intelligence in the Microsoft stack, with news, interviews, and expert opinions from around the BI space. This is Episode 7, recorded on June 13th, 2017, where we discuss all of the news coming out of the Data Insights Summit. All right, so we're back. It's been a while. You know, we uh, we took a little hiatus there, but... You know, it's, we, we've been together now for the past couple weeks at different conferences. We were in uh, Croatia, and yep. now we're here in lovely Johannesburg. <laughs> we, had, we had to get to South Africa to start this thing back up, didn't I'm we? I'm telling you, you know, I had to get to the other side of the world. But, uh, you know, it's good that we're actually in the same room. And, yeah, you know, we're here at the Sure Conference in South Africa. We just wrapped out at the end of uh, two amazing days. We, uh, we both had keynotes this morning. We did. I, I, I thought they were fairly well received. Yeah, I, this audience has been terrific. Yeah. Um, you know, the only downside of being at this conference is that we're not in Seattle this week. That's true. We got the uh, the Data Insights Summit going on. So my, my business partner Ed's though Ed Ed, Ed, Ed Sinez is there though, feeding me a little bit of a uh, little bit of what's going on. So we're gonna do a little bit of Q and A about what the new announcements have been as the off on our own, no longer under somebody else's brand, but just doing this just. Me and John. And, and you'll notice there's a distinct lack of video to this component. Yeah. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to try and do this audio style and see how frequently we can do it. We're not making any promises of frequency. We're, you know, it'd be awesome if we could do this you know, every day. That's how often we try to talk, but that's just not a reality. Uh, you know, we're going to shoot for once a month to start and probably end up you know, hopefully getting ourselves to, into a cadence of every two weeks because yeah. that's how frequently things are changing. They're, they're, they're changing pretty quickly and it's been pretty hot in the Power BI space for the last little while. So with that, uh, you know, again, for those of you who are, are listening for the first time and just finding us, my name is Jason Himmelstein. And I'm John White. And uh, you know, this is the Bifocal Podcast. Uh, re-kick, I don't even know what episode we're on at this point. We're going to call it, uh, we can't call uh, it one. Audio one. Yeah, this is uh, this is just going to be uh, you know the the rekick of the thing. So, John, uh, I've had an opportunity to kick of the thing. So, John, uh, I've had an opportunity to take a look at a few of the announcements. Uh, but what other than my favorite, which I made got to make an announcement of at the keynote this morning? Yes, you did. What has been uh, worthy of note for you in the, with the Data Insight Summit announcements? Well, the, I guess the biggest piece of news is the general availability of pr- the premium pricing model for Power BI. Um, that is, uh, it, it, it's, it's either good news or bad news depending on, on your, uh, on your uh, viewpoint, but uh, the premium pricing model essentially allows you as an organization to buy premium capacity and what that further allows you to do is to then share content out with anyone with it, without any restrictions. So I think it's important since we've gone on hiatus, lots has changed. Mm-hmm. Big announcements last month about the changes to the Power BI pricing model. Yep. So why don't we stop in Croatia? So why don't we stop before we talk about the new pricing? Let's talk about what changed in the, in the licensing model. You know, what, what what's different? Because we had free and pro before and you just dropped Premium, yeah, as a statement. So, yeah. let's back up just a bit. You know, uh, we, we talked a little bit about this when we were in Croatia, um, and the the fact that the big changes for us with the free and pro and pro model, you know, free is still free. Yep. Pro is still nine ninety nine. Free, free, free is enhanced, in fact. This is true, but free is still free. Mm-hmm. 
And Pro is still $9.99 yep. USD. And it's still Pro. Yep. Yeah, it's still Pro. And then there's this premium tier. Yep. But the big change with free is you now get all of the cool stuff that you got inside of Pro, except, except you can only do it for yeah. yourself. Except for anything to do with sharing. So it's not all of the stuff that was available in Pro. It was a lot of it. I mean, you can now refresh more than once per day. You can refresh for free up to eight times per day. You can access data on-premises. That used to be a Pro consideration. But if you want to share things out or you want to do things with your team, you're still going to need either Pro or now Premium. So for all intents and purposes, though, for somebody who's just <laughs> getting started, for somebody who's just learning, it's, you know, uh, they, they, they really haven't gotten out there and started trying to share the analytics with anyone. They're just trying to figure this thing out and just yep. work within their own data sets and make sure that this is really something they want to do. Yep. Or if they're just trying to do their own measurement without yep. sharing with anybody. It's great. The, the free the free version is actually pretty terrific now, yeah, it really which is. it was very, very limited before. kind of sucked. I wasn't a big fan of free. I just told everybody, you know, if you're going to do Power BI, you really need to go forward and go with Pro. That's right. Now that's not the case. If you're just trying it out, if you're dealing with dipping that toe in and just trying to understand what you can do with the product, you really can get a full featured version yep. with Pro. Yep. Sorry, with free, with free, whereas before you had to use Pro. Yep. So it's still, the, the nomenclature still mixing in. Now, if you want to be able to play with others, if you, you know, if you want to get outside of that, just your own circle, and you want to be able to actually use this thing with anybody else, you have to go next. That's the right. next tier is really Pro. It used, it used to be things like you, you had different limitations for Pro and free. Now the, all of those limitations, like how much data you can store, those things are all the same. And then Pro just builds on what you have available for free. You, you get all of the additional sharing things. Yeah. So even anonymous, you can't do any of the anonymous sharing or any you, of You that. can anonymously share for free. Ah, yes. so we do have one version. That does a little bit of sharing. That's now, right. it's not recommended that you do anonymous sharing with any type of corporate data unless you want to lose you know, your job. Contact with John and I. That's our regular statement. That's right. You do something bad to get yourself fired, don't come blaming us. So anonymous, you know, it's great for the Twitter dashboard. It is. Tygraph for Twitter, we share that anonymous dashboard out all, all the, the time. time. But all the time. If you got public data, it makes a lot of sense. You know, your, your shark attack data, all that That's is right. great stuff. But if I'm going to do something for Rackspace, and I do quite a bit with Power BI for Rackspace, None of that stuff's going into anonymous bad dashboards. All you need is that URL, and you've got access to everything. So be careful so, with that. Thing. And it was anonymous, you know, and for a reason. It's, mm -hmm. it, it, the anonymous means bad in most cases. <laughs> so uh, you know, just be very, very cautious with that. Now, the pro features you do get the ability to share mm -hmm. data, and yep. you know, it's uh, we we have more capabilities than we had before inside of Pro a yep. little bit. Um, but it's very similar to what we had in the past. It is, it is. Um, Pro pretty much uh, doesn't change. Uh, with, with, well, no, Pro doesn't change. With, with, well, no, Pro doesn't change. There is one aspect of free that has changed for the, for the worse in, in many people's opinion, is that they used to be able to do um, uh, uh, workspace, sorry, they used to be able to do dashboard sharing. And now they can't. That is a now a pro feature only. So now that is exclusive to pro. Again, it goes back to the, if you're going to share it, you're going to need pro. Yeah. So that's the one downside. But pro itself stays exactly the same. 
Yeah, the only thing that really changed there is the limitations in free now become only pro features. So it looks like there's more in pro, mm -hmm. although it's just stuff that was taken away from free. That that one thing, yeah, exactly. That. So let's talk about premium for just a minute. Yep. And you know, you and I have had some debates back and forth of where premium has value mm -hmm. and why somebody would use premium. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, the the argument for premium is for consumption, not for creation, Correct. but for consumption of those shared reports. Yeah. Now, there's a price tag on this. There's a big we'll, price tag. Now, there's a price tag on this. There's a big we'll, price tag on this. You know, and, and starting point for that is five grand. It is, and it, 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 it remains five grand after the announcement today, which is a bit of a surprise for me. But yeah. uh, I, I agree with you. Um, so, you know, for anybody in a company that has less than 500 users yeah. who are going to just try and consume sharing, yeah. It's still better to just go with the pro license at this point. Pretty much, unless there are there are a couple of things. Well, first of all, we should probably uh, mention the fact that premium isn't another user license. It's an organizational license. So you don't license a user for premium. You still license the user for either pro or free. Uh, what the organization does is buy premium capacity. That's the, what it, the way it's referred to. And how much of that you need is going to depend on your consumption of Power BI. But let's just start at the, the intro level. So you buy this, this premium capacity. You would take your Power BI content, put it in, in premium capacity, and then all your free users can do whatever they want with it. Uh, pro users can pretty much do all of the same things that the free users can do within the premium capacity. There's one thing, uh, uh, or a couple of things you'll get with uh, premium that you don't even get with pro you can refresh your data up to 48 times per day. Pro without premium can still only refresh data up to eight times per day. Same thing with free. Um, as well as the, the, there are no data model limitations. There's no limits on, on, on how, how much you can build into the, if you're using uh, premium. So with uh, pro or free without premium, your data model can't be any larger than one gigabyte. Your total storage can't be any larger than 10. With uh, premium, no limits. So, for most companies that are going to be under that 500 seat, you know, my statement just was, stick mm -hmm. with the Power BI. Pretty product. much. That's going to be most use cases, I think. I think However, so. there are going to be some eight times a day. That's right. That, that's, that's one case. That's one yeah. case where it might be worthwhile. Is it worth the extra money if you're a 250 seat customer to go and spend but it's essentially what, five grand a month? That better be a pretty compelling report. Yeah, that, that's essentially $20 per user per month. Yeah. Now, the benefit there is that anybody can create. Mm -hmm. The downside of the premium is it doesn't cover anything with creation. That's right. You still you need a pro license to do the creation. Absolutely. So we still have to have a pro license for anybody who's going to create these reports. Can you create dashboards with premium? Can you can you create dashboards yeah. with premium? You, have still, you need a pro license. Uh, so again, right. getting bitten by this, I still need a pro license. So it really is these very large customers who are going to need this capability. Yeah. It's it's going to be a tough thing to say, oh no, that 48 times refresh, that's really that much of a value. When eight times a day, yeah. you know, during the business day, that's once an hour. That's right. Plus, you have the option, if, it, if it's appropriate for you, you can use direct query. And that's going to give you real-time access to your data too, so you don't even need to refresh. And that's available for free. Yeah. So lots of different options, and you know, uh, again, these are all things that are new and fresh and coming out. Not everything has been very well defined, and that's part of why we decided it's time to get back into this game and start having the conversation again. Yeah, absolutely, so, absolutely. 
So the, the big announcements were around, you know, as you said, premium. Yep. We, we have three tiers of premium. Well, we actually found out we now have six tiers of premium. Wow. So, yeah, uh, but your statement really does stand. We have three tiers of premium for the service as we know it, our Power BI software as a service today. You can also see Power BI uh, in the platform as a service model, and that's for developers. So Power BI embedded moves to it used to be a, uh, uh, it used to be that you would deploy out your reports uh, that you're going to use for Power BI embedded to Azure. Now you deploy them to a premium capacity. So there are three SKUs for developers in the premium capacity model. And there are a lot of good reasons for doing that. Now wait, wait, wait. Yeah. So there's premium. Yep. And then there's embedded, premium embedded? That's correct, yeah. Okay, so are, are they two different things, or is that something that people are going to get confused over when they try and go do a SKU? As, as someone who's not developing for embedded purposes, you want to stick with just the premium. You can only stick with just the premium. P1, P2, or P3. And then there's also P1, P2, and P3 for embedded premium. EM1, EM2, and EM3 is what they are, yeah. Right. Now, they come at lower price points, but you can't do anything with them except use them in a development scenario. Now, what type of use case is there for the embedded premium side of things? So, uh, previously with embedded, you would have build a report. The difference here is you would build, a, you would build a, a, a report and embed it in your application. You're using Power BI for reporting on or in your application. Uh, when you deployed that, users could access that and it's in your tenancy, it's not in the customer's tenancy, which is what the service would normally do. I'm waving my hands around this audio. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> awesome though, I'm getting the show. Um, and the way you would pay for it as a developer is uh, basically per click, per render session is what, what, uh, what it was referred to as. So when your customer used your product, you got dinged for it. Now with this capacity, you put all of your content there, your customers access it, and you're only going to need to buy as much premium as you have customers. So, uh, in theory, this will scale uh, with your with your audience, and that makes an awful lot of sense. Gives you a predictable price model as a developer. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Th that was announced just yesterday. So it, that was the embedded side. That's the embedded. So that's the three for the. That was the embedded side. That's the embedded. So that's the three for the embedded, yeah. and there's three just for premium. So that's correct. I'm going to stand by my, there are three price tiers yeah. for premium, yeah. uh, because that's really the consumer side of things. Yeah. Um, the, you know, we've got $5,000. Yeah, so we, the, the embedded starts out at six six twenty five, I believe, yeah. and there's a like a $1,300 price point, a $2,000 price point for embedded. Yeah. But for the premium, just yeah. for the consumer premium side, it starts at five grand. Yeah. and what we were seeing in the announcements was that these are, starts with number of cores, mm -hmm. And capacity, cores the, and storage, the, 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 the storage and the render. Yeah, right? cores what they're and expecting yeah. what they're expecting render to be. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're giving you a number of cores and they're giving you a certain amount of storage, and they're telling you what you can effectively expect to get from a rendering standpoint based on that. Uh, based on that time. But that, those cores, that storage, that's yours when you when you get. Exactly. If your if your models are very small, yeah, you may have a lot more renders capable. Yep. Uh, if they're much larger, it may be many fewer renders. So that's why you may need to bump to the next tier and the next tier. Your mileage may vary. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's still something that's rather gray, uh, and it's important to have that understanding that these things are not a fixed 
tick, tick, tick. I've, I, I just used three renders and therefore I'm guaranteed to have X number of, no, no, no. It's capacity. Yep. And we're dealing in Azure here. So yep. it's really, uh, these are guidance numbers, not, you know, not actual. So the, the, the image in the, in the mirror may be larger than appear, That's which right. is really the, the, what we're dealing with. It's going to take some getting used to. We haven't actually seen this running yet. So we're going to, you know, we'll have to build some guidance as we go. Yeah. So the thing that I was most excited about was the fact that we have a, we got general availability of the Power BI web part in SharePoint. Yep. That for me is rather huge. I know it's exciting. Yep. That for me is rather huge. I know it's exciting for you as well. It, it slipped out of uh, tenant first release and into user first release sometime over the past month. Yep. And we started to see that trickle in. But now it is generally available, starting, you know, coming to your tenant soon. Uh, kind of a thing. I don't know if it's fully deployed yet. We haven't had a chance to talk to the product team to find out what that release cadence is looking like. Uh, generally, when they do a general availability, it's within the next two weeks. It should yeah. show up in all tenants. And by, you know, they, they give themselves usually about a month to make sure that everybody gets it. So sometime over the course of the next two weeks to a month, everyone should see that show up in their tenant. Can't wait for that little preview word to disappear from the web part list in SharePoint. Yeah, it's gonna be very nice. But again, in order to see that Power BI web part, John. You're gonna need a pro license. You're gonna need a pro license. Yeah, you're gonna need that to, to, uh, to, to drop down, or to, to be able to use it. Now you will be able to at least, will be able to at least um, uh, view content with the Power BI web part without a pro license now. Oh yeah? Uh, yeah, you're gonna be able to, it, it'll be in a view only mode, but yeah. It's still, uh, in, in order to in order to create reports and drop them in there, you, yep, you need that pro license. I, don't, I think pro's gonna be with us for a long time. Yep, I I, I wouldn't be surprised to see, uh, you know, pro shows up in, in a certain, uh, you know, Office 365 license skew, doesn't it? E5, yeah. oddly enough. So yeah, the E5, think, none of this is an issue, is uh, it? Yep, all, all of the E5 stuff starts to become a lot more uh, valuable. You know, that, that extra you know money that you're spending, that extra $15 a month over top of an E3 license, all of a sudden doesn't seem that bad. No. Because if you're using Power BI, it becomes a lot more, makes a lot more sense mm -hmm. with all the extra, you know, for business stuff that you're getting in there and et cetera, et cetera, all the Don't advanced analytics, analytics yeah. and very cool stuff, the advanced threat protection, you know, just that alone. To me. So the Power BI license, I'm, personally, I'm on an E5 tenant. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about you or any no, E5 license in my tenant, but we're definitely worth uh, worth the extra money from my perspective. What other announcements were there that you know sort of blew your hair back? Well, it, it, it's funny that a lot of these were seem to be buried in the general in the general announcement, but uh, the big one, the other big one for me is the general availability of Power BI Report Server. Well, John, what is Power BI Report Server? Uh, I don't know that many people other than you and I are paying in, in that much attention <laughs> to this thing. What is Power BI Report Server? So, uh, uh, I could attack this, the answer to this question a couple of ways. I, I'll, I'll take the easy way out. It's Power BI on-premises, and it's that thing that everybody's been looking for. Now, uh, this is also something that was announced May 3rd. We knew it was coming, but we didn't know it was coming in this form. We knew that SQL Server Reporting Services was going to get the ability to render Power BI reports. In fact, we've been using it in preview for about six months now. Um, they announced Power BI Report Server in, in May, and we pretty uh, we pretty quickly uh, were able to determine that what it is is SSRS with different branding, and it's actually a, it's a superset of what SSRS is going to be, because SSRS has reports, but 
the Power BI report server, which has all of the other ab uh, abilities of SSRS, will. So it's, it, it becomes a superset. It is that version of SSRS that can do Power BI reports. Is that confusing? Horribly confusing. <laughs> I understand it because we've been spending enough time talking about this thing between you and I. But yeah. Man, we're going to have to come up with a really simple way of explaining this. Whether it's us or whether it's Microsoft, somebody's got to get out there in front of this thing and make it stupid simple for people to understand. Yeah, they don't exactly have a rich history of doing that, do no, they? No, not yet. But, you know, it's still early on in this particular life cycle. Yeah. Uh, reports and reporting services has been a big thing for a long time, but adding this new set of features is really huge. Especially it is. for on-prem. Uh, you know, customers have been asking us every time we go out and talk about Power BI, it is the number one thing people ask about is, when am I going to be able to do all this on-prem? Yep. So there's going to have to be a better storyline around it. So there's going to have to be a better storyline around it. But this does bring to bear all that on-prem, which is really exciting stuff. It's very, very exciting. It's a bit limited in its first release. Um, and it's interesting it's coming out in this form first. Uh, you'll get it if you buy premium, by the way, Power BI Premium. You're going to get the rights to use Power BI Report Server. You also get Power BI uh, Report Server with SQL Server Enterprise. So, would I, would I ever stand up an SSRS server and a Power BI Report Server? I don't see why you would. Um, if you've got Power BI Report Server, you have everything that's available in SSRS. So, I don't, you know, it's just going to be a. a now, very clearly, they, I believe they did state that you have to have uh, software assurance yes, on do. your, on your uh, SQL Server Enterprise Edition. That's correct. Uh, in order to get this, so it is something that requires uh, SA. So yep. for those of you who are looking at going, hey, I just bought, you know, I bought the standalone. You have to have SA in order to get this particular set of features. Yep. Uh, get you one layer. More and more towards the SA model. Uh, one layer. More and more towards the SA model of, of wanting, uh, you know, a adding new features to things and dropping new stuff in. So, but then saying, hey, you have to have SA. You have to be perpetual with us. If you're doing licensing on prem, we want to see that same way we've been doing with the Office 365 model. SA has been around forever. Yep. Uh, but it really is the way that they're able to say, hey, yes, you can have this new set of features. We want to keep dropping things to you. So in order to do that, uh, pony up. I'm, I'm making the, the money sign with my hand, for those of you who can't see it, because we're on an audio podcast now. Um, so Power Apps and Flow had some announcements around uh, Power BI as well. Yeah. The power Power yeah. uh, thing I was seeing tweeted all over the place. In, in particular, yep. Uh, there's, a, there's Power Apps in particular. Um, have uh, well, we we know that Flow integrates with Power BI, although we haven't talked about it on a podcast. Uh, but what Power Apps announced uh, during the summit was twofold, and uh, it's tight integration with Power BI. So the first would be um, the ability or the upcoming ability to embed a Power BI dashboard tile in a Power App. So now, basically, adding that reporting capability to your Power App application without having to use Power BI embedded. Um, so that's one piece of it, and I can see an awful lot of value there. Um, the other side of it is the other direction. I can now, in a Power BI dashboard, embed a Power App on it. Now, why on earth would I want to do that? I, when I first heard about this capability, I thought that's cute, but I don't see a use case. Um, one use case I can see uh, is, is the ability to write back data, which they also announced. So I'll be able to, with a Power App, I'm going to be able to push data into a Power BI data model. Uh, what that means is I can now add parameters essentially, or uh, think, of, think of a budgeting scenario where I can, I've got a report of all of, uh, all of my current numbers. 
I want a forecast, I'm going to punch those numbers to a power. I've got a, an interface where I can do that now. Those numbers become part of the data model so that later on I can do comparisons with that data model. So I can see a lot of value in that actually. So the other thing that they announced around the Power App side of things is being able to embed tiles, That's right. yeah. Power BI dashboard tiles, into a Power App. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. So lots of lots of Power Power stuff happening. Uh, you know, and then dynamic interaction between apps and tiles. So you know, being able to see these things going back and forth when one updates, the other does as well. So mm -hmm. um, I'm going to be very interested to see how this stuff evolves. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the the Power Apps team and the Power BI team are. Uh, all under the same umbrella. Yep. I'm mistaken, they're all in C and E. Yep. Uh, so, Phillips. Yep. You know, uh, Mr. Phillips has uh, has some great people under him. Uh, you know, and we're excited to hear what comes next after this. Uh, but definitely some some interesting changes along the way here. Yep. Um, we, we kind of were hoping that they change the pricing model. Well, I'd love to see. A, I'd love to see. A, there's no way a, a company our size would, would be. A, really be able to afford premium, and even your company, it's a very large organization, you've got to have 500 active Power BI contributors to justify this. I mean, if they're just consumers, it's uh, it's a bit dodgy. So I'd like, I'd love to see some lower entry points. I don't know what the, what the letter will be. It'll be something, a B1 or an A1. <laughs> Um, but yeah, an L one even yeah. lower, lower, you know, yeah. an LE maybe, you know, so whatever it is, yeah. uh, you know, I agree with you. Uh, five five thousand dollars a month, and we are talking not 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 a perpetual license, yeah. not not an annual, but this is per month that you're yeah. talking about. That's right. The minimum barrier to entry for five premium thousand. is five thousand dollars a month, and and it sounds it sounds like we're bashing on it a little bit, and, 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 and for a small and medium enterprise, we are. Um, it's really out of the reach of those, but what it is, nations couldn't really deploy and share dashboards to all of their employees uh, without incurring a massively prohibitive, you know, if the, if the data's on-prem, they need pro for absolutely everybody, and that doesn't necessarily make sense either. It does drive E5 sales, as, as you mentioned, but so that, if you're a very, very large organization, this is fantastic news. If you're under that, it, it's either meh. Or, or, or actually, bad news with the with the removal of uh, dashboard share. Yeah, I mean, personally, I'm hoping that we see an entry point come down that is targeted in a similar fashion the way that we had uh, you know, licensing for uh, the BI edition of uh, of uh, SQL yeah. Server, yeah. where there was a price point that was more manageable as the ramp happened. Yep. and you could you could argue that that is the pro license model. However. When you there have to add in, it's it's still there. There needs to be some entry point that is more manageable for the medium size. There needs to be some entry point that is more manageable for the medium size and small business to be able to take advantage of these amazing features. Yep. And you know that ten dollar price point for Power BI Pro when you're just a consumer doesn't really make as much sense. Yeah. And you know, so I've, I've had the conversation with a lot of customers, Backspace is a lot of customers who would love to use Power BI, but the price point has been prohibitive and now it becomes even worse as we raise that price point to $5,000 per month just for the sharing capability yep. for those. And then on top of that, in order to have the publishing capability and the authoring capability, you have to have a pro. Yep. So it really becomes hard. But with that, 
I'm still very excited about all of the yep. new stuff that's coming. I think this is going to continue to be, you know, we, we when we started this podcast, we knew that, uh, you know, 2017 was going to be an interesting year for BI. I think it is still uh, the hottest space in the uh, adjacent Office 365 world. Yep. Re-kicking re this podcast. So look forward to many more episodes. Uh, you know, this was a little quick overview of a lot of announcements. Uh, John, I'm sure you're going to write up a whole lot of blog posts. There's, this, there's a lot coming. I've been a little negligent on the blog front this year, but as, uh, with the, with this conference, I don't have to be anywhere until August again. So well, there you go. A little time to do that. So, uh, and we will be together again in August for you SharePoint will. Fest in Seattle. So, uh, for those of you who like to follow where John goes and uh, where I follow, uh, you know, I'll this follow. is <laughs> that's where we'll you be. You are the globetrotter. Uh, uh, so. For, for myself and for John, it's great to be back podcasting again, and we look forward to doing this on a frequent basis. Uh, again, you know, go back to the site, subscribe, uh, bifocal.show. Look forward to posting lots more content there yep. as well. Uh, we'll get back doing a couple video demos here and yep. there as well, but for the most part, going forward, we're going to... Thanks so much, everybody. Slancha. Cheers. There we go. All right. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Bifocal Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or via your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter at Bifocal Show. The show notes for this and all of the Bifocal podcasts can be found on the Bifocal.show blog. The music for the Bifocal podcast is Indie Rock by Scott Holmes and is shared in the Creative Commons.